0: He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is gonna be an awesome masterclass. You're gonna get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to Teresaheathwaring.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 161. Thursday episode of Small Business Superstar. I hope you're enjoying these episodes. They've been going brilliantly. I loved hearing on stories, and I'm sure you're going to love today's as well. And I would like to welcome, I think, the very first doctor to my podcast, Dr. Sarah Golding. How are you doing, Sarah?
1: Really well. Thank you. Lovely to be here.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, I don't, I was thinking when I saw it. I don't think I've ever had a doctor on before. So I feel like like I should feel nervous or something or different or start telling you things or but anyway I have that effect on people I'm sure you do whether you want to or not so let's start with explaining uh to everyone that's listening who you are and how you got to do what you're doing now
1: yeah so I am a GP and a coach for doctors specializing in career change and well-being. I have a portfolio of lots of different jobs. I'm a GP mentor, I'm an appraiser. I teach um, GPs on their training scheme. And I've always had this passion for supporting doctors. Um, and that really came about because a couple of years ago when I was a GP partner, burnout crept up on me. I didn't notice it. I didn't think I had earned it because I hadn't been working hard enough um, and I was part-time and it just knocked me for six and I ended up leaving my partnership and only really after the fog lifted and I could start feeling, looking into it a bit more that I got some help for it and got a name to it and then could Mm. look back on why did I become burnt out what were the reasons and a lot of it was that I was in a job that wasn't a good fit for me and Mm. despite that this whole presenteeism and medics are dreadful at it we'll keep on going with our leg falling off Um, we keep going even to our own costs and so I'd kept going and so as I left that last day of the job, I got an email through about being a mentor for GPs. And it felt like I had this thunderbolt moment. Where I was like, mm. yes, I've always wanted to support other doctors um, mm. earlier on in my career, but I just kind of forgotten about it because I thought I should do a job that I perceived as being on the pinnacle of the career mm. and in inverted commas achieving my potential. Whereas mm. actually, it didn't suit that well to a lot of my values. So from that point I was like right yes I want to do it how do I do more of it and I've loved being a mentor I've trained up as a coach because we have a lot of those skills already we do right. communication skills I teach communication skills so it's a it's a really sort of happy combination of things and I feel like this is what I've always been leading up to now but it took quite a lot for me to get there and now I can help the people that were like me and going, How did I do this? And yeah. a lot of the time, we push ourselves into careers without really thinking about whether it's a good fit for us. We're, we're looking at it for other reasons. And then we turn around and go, I'm not really liking this. It's a bit boring. Or I'm just plain miserable. How do I get beyond it?
0: Yeah, um, that, that's so interesting. I just want to pick up on a couple of things you said there. One, you said that you didn't see burnout coming up. So let me um, let me touch, I'm just going to write down another word that I want to remind myself that I wanted to pick up because I'll forget because okay. I have a terrible memory. So what, how do you mean, like, was it physical symptoms? Was it, and like, was it hitting a brick wall? How, how was that burnout? Because I'm not sure people will know. Sure. What burnout is without perhaps experiencing it and might not even know that that's what it is maybe
1: definitely and i didn't because you know we all understand things like anxiety depression panic attacks those are quite common in our language aren't they and oh it was only when a counselor said to me oh yeah well of course it's really common for medics to get burnout that i kind of went what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me and went to and googled like crazy yeah the world health organization has only just given it a definition last year. And the definition is it's related to chronic, so long-lasting workplace stress. And it leads to basically a reduction in energy in emotionally, um, physically, and, and also in terms of your thinking processes. So the things people tend to notice are... They have a weekend off and they don't feel refreshed like they would do. They find it really hard to make decisions. Things that I would do really easily, looking through my blood results, felt like I was wading through treacle. Um, Mm. And you get a bit of compassion fatigue. Uh, It's quite a, I don't know if you've heard that expression. No, what do you mean by that? Um, Things that you might have cared about before or been sort of be compassionate towards other people and obviously in the caring professions that's related to patients but I think it also relates to yourself you know I wasn't very kind to myself in that time I didn't look after my mind or body or spiritual health well at all I just pushed on through so it's things like being snappy being tired being really grumpy and bitter and cynical And that's quite common in medicine because there's a bit of gallows, dark humour. And sometimes that can be bonding, but sometimes that can tip over into we're not very well and none of us have noticed.
0: And you just said the one word that's just been sat in my head now as I I was listening to you, that that's the key, that you, you can get to that point without you even noticing because... One thing that I'm doing at the moment is, um is I was just saying to you before we got on this podcast, that I'm doing a bit of a detox for the next few days, uh, like a food detox in terms of like no coffee and whatever. And one thing that I'm doing is I started my weekend and I journal anyway, but I've been writing down how I felt when I woke up in the morning. So on Sunday night, we always like a drink and we had quite a few drinks on Sunday night. So I wrote down Monday morning, how did I feel? What was my... Uh, physically how did I feel mentally how did I feel how energetic how motivated how whatever because I'm going and doing this detox I want to get I want to see what the actual effects of my body because I do think that like you just said with the burnout that it happens almost so gradually it's not enough it's not like one day you feel great and the next day you feel absolutely worn out it's Mm -hmm. like over time over time over time but that's almost way more damaging because we don't notice the. This creeping up on us, and then, and then, sudden, you know, you realise, God, I am horrible, or I am miserable, or I am grumpy, or I am tired, and and you don't know how long that's been like that.
1: Definitely, so, and for me, it was. It took me months to feel better. The you know the expert I saw said, "It's like turning a tanker in, in the Atlantic. You mm. can't suddenly do a hairpin turn from having yeah. a week off and sleep." It it. T- the replenishment of everything mm. takes a very long time um yeah, yeah it's quite yeah. insidious. this whole creeping up absolutely and so one thing I'm now a kind of well-being advocate for yeah all but particularly focusing on those yeah. in the healthcare industry so I,
0: when, I want to pick up on one more thing you said before we move on because I'm yeah. conscious we're chatting a bit around this but one thing you said was that you didn't think you deserved to have burnout like Oh man, that is, I'm interested to hear your take on, on why you thought like that at the time and whether you think there's any connection with, I'm instantly feeling there's a female thing here, like, or whether there's a, if I'm not, because there are other people that can work at a level or do this or achieve this that I don't deserve because I'm not at that level. Like, where, where do you think yours came from?
1: I think for me, um, we're kind of self-selecting in our career. You know, you're often these quite driven, competitive, perfectionist, um, self-sacrificing, because you have to give up a lot and you have to be willing to put in a lot, and it's just expected, and kind of a glorification of overwork. You know, as a junior doctor, there was this kind of sleep when you're dead, ha-ha. Then let's go out and binge drink at the mess parties, you know, work hard, play hard. And that was the done thing and the payoff. I think when you then become a GP, it doesn't feel like, you know, the front line. You um, are not doing what perceives to be life and death things. In reality, you are because 90% of the appointments in the whole country are seen by GPs. You are literally holding the population in your hands in terms of their well-being. And so the decisions you make are endless and you you deal with a lot more risk than some of the hospital doctors do. Because there's a lot of black and white in hospital. Do you have a heart attack? No. OK, bye. Back to your GP. Whereas we are dealing with a lot more of the, the grey area. So for me, yeah, I was working part time and I wasn't working in a and e in intensive care on an acute medical ward where there's this perception of this heightened you know adrenaline type environment
0: yeah
1: whereas actually the work I was doing, if you looked at the number of decisions I was making in a day and the time pressure on it's actually colossal, and the responsibility was huge and i was mm. doing i was regularly doing twelve hour days, so even just working two two days a week. Mm you're doing more than half of a full-timers it's -hmm. always more when you're part-time isn't it because you're trying to get up and you feel guilty so you probably do more and then on Mm -hmm. your down days you're running around trying to be a mum or do the other jobs that you're doing or and there's not yeah it's not it's not the same so yes that was for me my perception of what burnout the type of people that who could get burnt out with people like you know lawyers not sleeping I was thinking I'm I'm getting my sleep so I should be okay because I just didn't understand it
0: no honestly that's so that's so interesting and I'm so glad that we've been able to or that came to this forefront because I also think one thing that you said about you know that maybe the job isn't for you type thing that has such a huge impact on everything else doesn't it that it's things are gonna feel harder and they're gonna be more difficult. And so so you left your role as a GP and mm-hmm. you moved into this mentoring role. And so is that when you started your own business, or did you do something still through the NHS for a while until you then really kind of how did that work?
1: Yeah, I'm still working as a GP actually, but it's part of my portfolio. I've got about six different roles. Um which I love because it really suits my personality and how I like to work. So, yeah, I went straight into being a GP mentor. I carried on being a GP appraiser. Um, I tried working as a GP privately and just thinking it might be the solution. It wasn't. It was worse in lots of ways. Um, And as I got into the mentorship I said right this is, yeah I, this really is for me and it fits with my values which meant right. suddenly the penny dropped you know the reason why I couldn't find happiness or feel like I was thriving as a GP partner was that right. it wasn't quite fitting with my values fully in terms of the way I wanted to work and I yeah. thought there are loads of us in this situation, medical, non-medical. We've gone yeah. into something with really good intentions and there's mm-hmm. a discomfort there. You can think I can perform it, but that doesn't mean I'm enjoying performing.
0: No. Yeah. And and that again, like, you know, when I speak to, to my coach and stuff and we talk about work and how hard I work, but I love it. And therefore, actually, that's very that can have its own challenges because it means I just work and work and work. And and I don't really think about the impact that physically and mentally is having on me, but I do love it. And therefore it does feel so much easier and so much more enjoyable. Whereas if you don't, I can't imagine waking up on a Monday morning and thinking, I've got to go and do this again because that would just be horrific.
1: So where I am at right now is I finally got to the bit where I'm like, I need to put boundaries in because I could just work all night and day and weekends and I love it but I need to look after myself and my family but yeah that dread was there definitely Sunday night
0: oh horrible 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 so so you've now got this business where you are working with uh, medical professionals and other professionals in terms of helping them so tell us a little bit about that and then and then how how you found because this is really interesting for me because you've come from a part of the world where is so not corporate it's so not business it's so not like entrepreneurial it's you know although I don't understand the partner thing obviously that is different but like so you've gone from that to to where you know as a doctor or as a GP in a in a practice it does not matter whether you're on social media or whether you have an email list or any of those things and then you flipped over so tell me about that a little bit
1: yeah so So I think in terms of you're spot on, when you're working in the medical profession, I'm sure this is true for lots of people in the service industry, almost feels a bit icky, the idea of selling something or marketing something. Mm. And there's definitely a barrier there because I think, and the way that the public or your family perceive you you're giving yourself for the greater good so there can feel like a barrier in terms of how do you perceive yourself if I'm doing this is it purely because I want money and it isn't you know you the, the intention is there I want to help people but in a different way and I can provide value in helping other people feel their best truest most fulfilled self in whatever that means um but it it has been a journey for me and it's it's been a whole new area to learn yeah and i think i met you on 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 a coaching conference that was face to face back in the day
0: um all those many millions of years ago feels yeah. like
1: that. <laughs> and i remember sitting there and feeling like oh there's so much information like looking at the matrix <laughs> and not understanding it and it's taken time and i've had to really put time and energy and expose yourself be vulnerable and that the worry of what are people are going to think of me um and so i yeah i got to january of this year and i said right i'm going to do instagram as uh, so i, I think that feels like a comfortable place for me to sit and i said i'm just going to set up an account going to put it my name so people know i don't have to do branding nothing fancy and i'm just going to make myself post every day for two weeks and initially I thought I don't know what to put I'll slightly copy what other people are doing
0: great place to start
1: pictures a few hashtags and and then I sort of let myself do it twice a week I thought right I'm out there and then I started thinking right oh the things that I am enjoying looking at a story so at some point I need to start doing that so I did a bit of that and I was getting some people following me. Oh, why would they follow me? And <laughs> I was following other people and commenting on their accounts too and building up a bit of relationships. And then I got this breakthrough point where I thought, right, I'm going to do, I'm really passionate about burnout. I'm going to do a burnout video series and put I mean my that,
0: and voice out. That is out. a hell of a jump. Like... Starting out and then going, I'm going to put, you know, your face on video.
1: Yeah. That's huge. It it was petrifying. And it's quite funny because those videos are still on there. And when you look at, when I look at them now, you can see an evolution. First of yeah. all, I got myself a ring light and that helps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In itself is an evolution.
1: <laughs> yeah, facing the light. Um, Yeah, I just thought if I say I'm going to do something and I genuinely think there's a need, it was this thinking there will be people going into the pandemic that need to hear this. So it it was the wanting to help other people that pushed me out of my own discomfort and going. Yuck, this feels awful. But actually it got a lot of. um, I don't want to say comments because that feels too superficial. People did see it and Mm. I and people who needed to see it did respond to me and say thank you I really needed to hear that yeah I understand more about what it is and I was signposting where to get help so mm-hmm. I think that got me over the barrier and I think once I'd done those and I did a series of five videos um and little sort of stories in between nothing else felt as scary yeah and so putting the odd thing on I'm like I don't need to worry about this because I've done stuff that's much more frightening. Yeah. And then I built up to do, and then I had then those videos got loads of attention. And then people started asking me to do talks. Um, a colleague asked me to collaborate on doing a well-being series, which we did. Another one we yeah. did, Sam um, Lives. And it just kind of took on a life of its own. And that doesn't mean that I didn't put stuff on, but I'm noticing that people want, me more than in you know motivational quotes they want to know who are yeah.
0: yes yeah
1: what do you stand for feel free to have a blather um mm. and that you're just a likable normal human being and that just that felt more authentic to me
0: yeah uh, I love that and I love the fact of like one you have a story to tell and we all do. And I know lots of us might think, well, I haven't really. But we have, you know, we all have come back from different backgrounds with different influences and different things to get us to where we are today. And that's a story that that is always worth telling. The fact that you are coming from almost two sides of the camp, right? You're coming from a a well-respected, you're a doctor. Like there is something seriously, even as I'm sat here now talking to you, that the, there is this element of, or this air of you're a doctor, you know, so there's a respect there. But then having a doctor that goes, This happened to me, which I should imagine one thing that was in my head, actually, I forgot to say this, is that we almost imagine our medical professionals, especially doctors, consultants, the the kind of more, you know, I don't I don't want to put a scale on it, but you know what I mean? Like those roles, they're like almost you know they're not human they they are above the rest of us of the human race they are obviously super healthy nothing ever affects them nothing ever and it's like I don't know about you and whether I've just literally made this up it's almost like showing weakness or showing that story is even more powerful for I think when it comes from someone like you who's a doctor who knows and understands about things but yet didn't see it themselves because when you're in it, you can't see it. So so I think that story to tell authentically in your voice, rather than going here's a journal article, or here is a quote from someone, or here is my medical opinion on something, having that come in with the other side of like, here's my personality and here's what I can say, I think is brilliant. I think the other thing I think is amazing is you're in a world that is that is pretty scary from a content point of view. Like, it's like you and lawyers and scientists stuff. Like, it's like the stuff that people can, where there's a proving element. Do you know what I mean? Like, or you're not as expert. How Was that a fear? Or were you, did you feel like you'd done enough work and research to go, actually, no, I can't confidently talk about this?
1: Yeah, that was definitely a worry because you're right, we are kind of put up as this pillar of the community, superhuman, keep going no matter what. I worked for six months through hooping Cough and didn't have a single day of work. You know, yeah. I, you just keep going and there's this expectation and we are humans, obviously. But I don't think that is perceived um, and because we're seen as a giving role. So, yeah, it was a worry initially about the what, what, what can I say? But I think it was... I've got better at telling it because I think at the beginning or what I was seeing a lot of was people being experts as doctors on social media. And I thought, OK, well, that's what I need to be. I need to be an expert on, mm. OK, because that's what will come across as valid. Um, mm. And I think I felt that way decreasingly, actually, as I can now see that the power is going surprise surprise i'm a human being so human being things happened to me it was rubbish if it's happening to you that's okay and here's how to recognize it and what to do about it and how to prevent it happening again and i think i i've owned that story a lot more and i think it gives me authenticity i don't want it to be the defining feature of me because i'd like to think i'm a bit more interesting than that but yeah. I, it helps me understand when people aren't happy in their jobs or they're unsatisfied in their lives it's really complex Mm -hmm. and you might not know what really the truth is yet Mm -hmm. yeah actually because your perception like mine wasn't may not be accurate and sometimes it can take quite a bit of unpicking to kind of really go what's going on what assumptions are you making, and what really fires you up
0: yeah yeah and I think I think you're right it's not that that that's the the story and you're only known for the story the fact is you have all this other stuff around you which is amazing that mm. that gives you that education I, I read a book recently called A Childpreneur by Denise Duffield Thomas and um it was a really good book great book she said some really smart things in it and one of the things that she said that I'm really going to mess up now but I will Ask Becky, who does the show notes for this, and we'll be listening to this, to find the quote because she's also read the book, where basically Denise said that when she thought she had to be the expert authority, she didn't want to put a voice out there. She was scared. When she realised that she didn't have to be the expert, all she was was another opinion saying it in her own voice amongst lots of other people saying the same sorts of things, that you don't have to be the person, you are just a person adding to the conversation. She said suddenly that kind of made her feel like, oh, oh, that's all right then. Like, I'm not trying to tell the rest of the world they're wrong and I'm right. I'm just going, this is my experience. This is my opinion, my thoughts. And suddenly she didn't feel so bad about having to put her voice out there, which I thought was a really nice way of looking at it. Because I think, and, and again, in your industry in particular, you know, going look everybody. I know what I'm talking about is is a scary thing.
1: So it you, you, is, and I think uh, I think some of the. I'm sure you've read lots of Brené Brown, but you know mm-hmm. all of her stuff about vulnerability, and now Glennon Doyle with. Oh, also-
0: I love Glennon Doyle. I love her so much.
1: Yeah, and it all just it fits, and I think yeah. I'm really okay with just being not being perfect and what a release that is
0: yeah because none of us are you yeah, know why should we be <laughs> you know, yeah, just we're humans just but I sure. love I love the fact honestly and I have to be so conscious of keeping these episodes like to the length. though it. it's kind of a busy because the problem is I am naturally a very inquisitive person and obviously I've not had a doctor on and it's lovely to to talk and understand about these things but um but what I was going to say is like so going back to kind of the, the marketing journey that you've done, just in case they're listening to this, which my audience are very used to listening to me waffle on with someone else. So <laughs> I'm hoping they have enjoyed this episode regardless of whether like, they're like, what's the point, Teresa, what you're saying here? But the, the point is that I want to bring back is one, you you picked a platform that you thought, I think I could like this, which I think is really crucial. You didn't sit there and go, I've got to do this on LinkedIn. I've got to be here on Facebook. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You've picked something you thought you could like. And then I love the accountability in the early days. I love the I'm going to commit to doing this just to see. And then I love the fact of, OK, I've done that. Now what I can do? And you just took it a step further and a step further, because sometimes I think people will go and look at your account, as I did, on your Instagram and I had a look through and there's lots of great things on there you're on camera in lots of places you know you're doing stories you're doing all the things and people might look at that and go oh well it's all right for her it's all right you know she's obviously all right with that and and you weren't you've you've got yourself to that
1: absolutely not and my I grew up with my dad was a television presenter and oh my I- Really,
0: yeah. that is amazing.
1: Early days breakfast television in the eighties, um, and yeah. so I would people would say, "Oh, you should do that," and I'd go, "No, I will never do it. I find it mortifying and awful and dreadful. I just won't." And here I am <laughs> doing, getting my ring yeah. light out, having a natter on camera, um yeah. and it it just feels very different because I can just be myself, um, and I feel like I've got something of value to say. Yeah. to somebody. And so and
0: and that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up actually again, which is perfect that you said that, is that I love the fact that you thought someone needs to hear this. And you I don't want to say in the nicest way, but effectively got over yourself because we have to get over ourselves. And and you realize that the reason you were doing this was with the ultimate goal to help someone else. Now if someone's listening to this and they think, well, I make a product or I do this, there's still always an ultimate goal. There's still always, it might not be as life transforming as, as maybe what we're talking to Sarah about, but you know, there's still a need. Someone still needs that. Someone still needs that quality product or to hear that thing or to experience that amazing experience, whatever the, whatever your business is, there's someone out there that needs it. And, and coming from it, from a, I need to do it for them is so powerful because our ego literally just steps straight out the way then, doesn't it? Because it's like, if my audience need me to do this, if there are people out there who need to hear this or see this, then you know, I've got to do it, haven't I? So that's just so good. I love that. I love the transition because like I said, that is to me in my head, a huge transition to like from a doctor world where you're in the NHS and you're doing all that and then coming over into the business world is crazy amazing and I love the the steps that you took in line with what you did and where you are now and the fact that people are asking your opinion because you put your voice out there because and you've got a story to tell and you had you know something to add to that story so perfect thank you so much Sarah for coming on where can they find you uh obviously Instagram. so tell us how we find you
1: Yep. So I'm in, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, but I don't really use that as at Dr. Sarah Golding and it's Golding with with a U like Ellie Golding, the pop star. And (laughs) I know we can dream. My uh, website is www.drsarahgolding.com.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast.
1: My absolute pleasure. It's been a blast.
0: Fabulous. Okay. That was so, so good. So obviously go and give uh, Dr. Sarah Golding a follow and go and see what she's doing over there. And like I said, I love the fact of, you know, you don't have to do it all and you can pick one thing and then just work at it and work at it and work at it. So I don't want you to beat yourself up if you're sat there thinking I'm not doing all the things in all the places because that's okay. Okay. I will leave you guys to it. have a lovely rest of your week and I will see you next week on Monday as always. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review.